Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless, this is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Buy M-Drive. You're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And buy nchc.tv and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams. Home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly live. All right, welcome in hockey fans, especially the college hockey fans of the NCAA version to College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila Mexican Moonshine Tequila, whatever you want to call it. It's tequila. It's the best. It's Arizona-born, and uh, it is the finest. Get out and try it. Scott Strandy joining you in uh, Colorado week again. This is show number three from uh, Fort Collins, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York, holding everything together for us as I uh, uh, gallivant around the state of Colorado. Paul, how are you? Yeah, somebody has to be stuck in their basement. <laughs> well, if I don't get out of here on Thursday morning, I'm... Six inches of snow. Uh, I just want to make it safely to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, it just seems like a weird place to go to escape the snow, but okay. I didn't say the cold. I said the snow. That's what I said. It seems like a weird place to escape the snow. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I'll escape it, but it's got to be better than 25 inches that they're predicting for, uh, Fort Collins on uh, Friday into Saturday, lingering into Sunday, the last I heard. So oh, I, uh, I don't listen. I, I anyway. Just, you, you would know better than I would. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it is 68, or it was 68 degrees today. Again, another glorious day here. I, I went out, I was out and about in, in Fort Collins, and I stopped in at Epic, the uh, uh, Eldora, uh, I, I'm not even going to go, Ice and Pool Center, I think is what they call it, um, and was pleasantly surprised, Paul. It's the first time I'd been there. Two ice sheets, very nice. I sent some pictures to you. I sent some out on Twitter. And there's a pool in there as well. So I've deemed that the Paul Hornstein uh, location. Forget the epic. It's just going to be called the Paul Hornstein. Because is um, there anything I, that you like more than hockey and a pool? Uh, is there a hot tub there? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it was nice and warm in that. Well, I'm, side listen, of the I'm sure it was. Uh, basically, what I'm, what, I mean, I don't know. The, the, whoever, the, whatever the E stands for, and I don't know because I'm not even sure you're pronouncing it, it right. It, yeah, it could be the, somebody's. Yeah, it's the park. It's the park that it's located on. I think it's called Eldora. Well, I was going to say, because it could be somebody's name that paid it could be. their name on there, and I don't yeah. know when, you know. It could be. But anyway, it's called Epic. That's what we go by, E-P-I-C. Hey, um, two sheets of ice in a pool, that is pretty epic. <laughs> exactly. Now, the only thing is we got to push that envelope and get those guys into NCAA hockey because that's where it's at. See, um, and, I, I, and, and, and I think I said this Sunday. It's always been weird to me that the two bigger schools – in Colorado, don't have teams, and the three, um, I, I get, they would have to be. They're obviously smaller. The private schools and the service academies have teams. That just just always seemed weird to me. <laughs> um, I think it's got to hey, do with funding, Paul. Money? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> funding. Okay. It still but, seemed odd. That's all. But any, but anyway, Colorado State. I was on the campus today for a little bit as well. the The ice sheet is actually about three or four miles off, off of campus, I believe, uh, if I remember my miles correctly. Um, but uh, beautiful campus. Uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful community. Uh, it looks Fort, like it. Fort Collins is just fantastic. You feel very safe here. Uh, you feel like you don't hear sirens twenty four seven. It's just pleasant very pleasant let's put it that way okay so off on my uh my bandwagon on that tonight we've got a special guest joining us again uh via three-way call at 745 we're going to have the assistant coach from denver dallas ferguson we haven't spoken to dallas yet and i think coach uh carl might be a little tied up preparing for uh the biggest hockey game of the year for the pioneers so uh grateful to have dallas join us so we'll look forward to that uh, once again, I'll explain it to everybody that if you're listening and you hear a little dead time going on, uh, that is the because... The coach is a lot I, smarter than we are anyway because he yeah. knows the cats and he also <laughs> talk to us. So. Uh, so anyway, if you hear a little dead time, uh, a little dead air, uh, that is me uh, connecting the uh, three-way call between Paul Hornstein and Dallas Ferguson and myself. And uh, we'll talk hockey with the coach for 20, 25 minutes right after that. Um, before that, though, Paul, we got big news. Big news. I know you've got big news, but we have really big news. We have okay. named my goalie mask. Um, and now so well, the big Pod. news is actually that I actually approve of said, yeah, that's right. said nickname, which was <laughs> not expecting happen. to do. No, no, that doesn't happen often at all. But Pod is now my uh, mask uh, name. Uh, for my passenger, who's going to be riding with me for the rest of the uh, hockey season, it cool. sounds like. <laughs> cool. Okay, you've got big news. Unfortunately, it's bad news for the Air Force Falcons. Yeah, I, what a weird game today. They 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 came out and played really really well in, in the in the start of the first period, and um, they got a goal right off the bat. I mean, twenty seconds into the game, they 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 got a goal, and you're saying to yourself, "All right, this is." This is the, the way it is. This is Air Force in the postseason, and this is the way it is, and and, and uh, off we go. And then uh, slowly, uh, as the, the second half of the first period approaches, uh, Bentley starts to take over. Um, you know, they get uh, some power play time. They didn't necessarily score um, on the power play. Uh, 
but they actually got a goal, got a penalty called against Air Force. So they kind of enabled them to like take or take over the rest of the first period. And at that point, it looked like Bentley was going to blow them away. And then um, Bentley makes a long uh, trip to the penalty box to get a Air, Air Force gets a power play. And then uh, one of the players from Bentley gets a hit from behind and a, and, and, and a, and a game misconduct. And an Air Force gets a five on three. They score on the five on three to get back into the game. They get another goal on the power play to start the second period to, to you know, on, on the rest of that five-minute major. And then, and it looks like Air Force is going to start to run away with it. But then Bentley comes back. They get a power play goal of their own uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the second period to take a two-goal lead. Uh, and then they get a couple of empty net goals. Uh, late in the game to make it the final seven to three, but uh, it was a weirdly back and forth game. Air Force is really putting on the pressure in the third period, uh, but couldn't get the puck uh, past the uh, uh, Nicholas Grabko, the, the the Bentley goaltender, and um, and that's all she wrote. Um, tough to make that long trip for one game, but that's what happened. Yeah, well, it's been a tough season for Air Force all the way along, so. Um... You know, uh, I, I don't know what to say because they struggled with so many off-ice issues. Just yeah, to I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it is. It's not fair. It's, it's just not fair. It but. is the way it is. It is not fair, but unfortunately, that is uh, the way it ended up being. And, uh, you know. Uh, well, I, I'm sure when I'm we sure have. they were just happy to get through this, get a season in. Yeah, I'm sure they were as well. Um when we have Coach Ferguson on, I, I think he's going to be able to tell us some some stuff that wasn't great for Denver either this year, uh, schedule-wise, uh, COVID-wise, uh, not being able to finish their last two games of the season against their rival, uh, Colorado College. Uh, so we'll definitely jump into that. We will say that Colorado College uh, will face off against um, St. Cloud State in the opening round of the Frozen Faceoff. Right. And the uh, aforementioned Denver Pioneers – uh, we'll take on the number four ranked Omaha um, Mavericks. Yeah, we got a, a late win wow. against North Dakota in OT uh, at the end of the season. Uh, I'm sure they'll be happy to take that momentum into that. That might have been a win that that puts them in the definitely locks them into the tournament. But we're gonna see. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see how things play out. So. Um, Congratulations to uh, to Air Force for being able to finish their season. I know it was a tough year. Uh, I know they will rebuild. I know they will be better and stronger next year. And let's hope, uh, from what I've seen, I heard in Colorado today, Paul, uh, 42% capacity for Rockies games. So roughly 21,000 fans once the, uh, for opening day and beyond at this point. So uh, I guess that's good news. Yeah, yes. Uh, we, and we talked last night on the professional hockey show about uh, COVID still affecting the game that I was supposed to see last night, um, Henderson Silver Knights and the Colorado Eagles. But good news, Paul, at least knocking on wood. And so far, it's not You're 11 not there in the morning yet. yet. So hush up. It's not 11 in the morning You're yet. You're not there uh, yet. I, I know. Don't I'm going early. Up. 
Hush. Uh, I'm let's, go- no, let's talk I'm about the fact early. that uh, uh, <laughs> it's not a shocker that uh, Carter Savoy was yeah. unanimous pick to the all-rookie team in the NCHC. Yeah. That's uh, no shock at all. Let's, yeah, let's not uh, – I'm uh, sure I'm I'm sure Coach Ferguson will be able to tell us that a little bit too. So well, I'm sure he will. But I just try to keep. I'm just trying to keep you from opening your I mouth. Know. You? I know. And, right. and Paul, um, I open I opened my email and I was so excited. Oh, uh, God, yeah. I'm so excited. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah. We'll, okay. we'll get to um, that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Let's take our uh, break right. and let's get uh, Coach on the line and let's have a little chat about hockey with uh, the assistant coach from the Denver Pioneers, Dallas Ferguson. We'll be back, folks, in about three or four minutes. Just hang tight with us, okay? Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a quick break while I hook up with uh, Coach Ferguson, and uh, we will get right on with the show in just a few minutes.
All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, college hockey fans. It is Colorado week. I am parked in Fort Collins, Colorado for the next uh, couple of nights. I've been here for two nights, loving this beautiful Colorado Colorado weather. And my co-host, Paul Hornstein, out on Long Island, New York. It's our pleasure to bring in the assistant coach from the Denver Pioneers, Dallas Ferguson. Coach, how are you? Hey, good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. Coming on. Coach, I know it's a really crazy time for you right now, uh, getting ready to travel up to Grand Forks, and I will be chasing you, kind of. <laughs> I'm going up there for the weekend as well. But uh, uh, the frozen face-off moved from location, so just one more crazy thing for this year. So if you could, start off and just kind of capsulize what this year has been like with COVID and, and trying to play hockey in a COVID season. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh... – you know, it's going to be, you know, one that we'll never forget. And I think just, uh, you know, from every little aspect of it to how we started, to how we, uh, you know, when we got started, to how we started, to, you know, week to week, it kind of seemed to kick you on the edge of your seat as far as, you know, predictability and, you know, if you're traveling, where you were going. But um, in the end, you know, we, we got to play a lot of hockey games and our guys got to compete and, um you know, so we're very fortunate for the support that we got from our league and obviously from our universities to allow us the opportunity to play. Yeah, I know it's been uh, it's really been crazy for you guys. I know when I saw your schedule in the pod, uh, I commented on the air and also to Paul and anybody that will listen to me. I said, oh, my goodness, could there be a harder draw for you guys right out of the gate than what you got at the pod? But every game in the NCHC is not a, not a cakewalk, is it? No, I mean, it's, um, I came into the league three years ago and, you know, you, you know, from the outside looking in, you recognize, you know, a lot of great programs and teams that were, you know, nationally successful. And, um, and then when you get into the grind from week to week and, you know, you see how the talent that the league attracts and then the, obviously the, uh, you know, the coaching with every program, I mean, it's a, it's a great league to develop in, not only for players because you're playing against great players and great teams every weekend, but also as a coach, I mean, you've got to be on your toes and, and constantly paying attention to, you know, what's going on and, and then your preparation to make sure you're ready to go every weekend. So it's a, it is a great league. It's uh, from top to bottom, from the, the leadership within the league uh, office to each institution's commitment to, you know, the, the competition level and, and uh, the brand that we want to create. And it's uh, been a great, great experience for me so far. Coach, we've had a chance to talk to some players about what it was like in the pod. What was it like for the coaches? You know, um, it was, it was for me, I, I, you know, personally, I enjoyed it. I know our coaching staff, we liked the fact that we were, you know, we were constantly preparing for the next game. Um, prior to me coming to Denver, I was in uh, the CHL for a year up in Calgary. And, um, you know, you go from, you know, playing a Friday, Saturday college schedule to playing, you know, three games in three nights or, you know, four games in a week. I mean, you, you've got to it's a different way to manage your team. So I think it was, it was a good challenge for, you know, the players to, you know, obviously stay focused and, and be able to stick to their routines and keep things simple and focused on the next day type thing. But it, it was equally as important for us as coaches to, you know, 
not get too wrapped up in, you know, the process of, you know, what a game is. I mean, I think that, you know, in a regular season where, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, we're, we're obviously always trying to get better and grow as a group. And, and but, it, you know, starting off with NCHC play, um, obviously it's a, it's a grind every game that was there and every game you play in this league. But, you know, so you had to have a, a kind of shift your perspective a little bit um, because you're instantly playing for points where in a lot of instances you're, you know, you're getting six to eight non-conference games before we got going. So you're getting an opportunity to learn your team and, and without the expense of points being on the line every night. And, and obviously we played for, you know, to win games and, and our record to position ourselves at the end of the season. But at the same time, when you get out of the gate with game one, you know, being worth, you know, three points, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, it gives it adds another element to it. But uh, for me, I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was a grind, but at the same time, it was, uh, the, you know, the, the games were put off very, very well by UNO and them hosting to the league and how it was run. And uh, it was a good, good experience for me. Okay, so you have you you had a chance to be at UNO, and now you get to face UNO. So uh, when we talk about this matchup, and I've said this uh, on other podcasts as well, when I saw the uh, the uh, pairings come out, I said, "Wow, Denver Omaha, that might be the best opening round matchup in the tournament." Not to take away from anybody else, but how excited are you guys to get a shot at Omaha and then and then move on? Yeah, I mean, I think we think it's an opportunity to play a team that's, you know, um, right now on the inside, um, you know, and in the national tournament. And we think we're kind of, you know, if we can get into Grand Forks and have some success, we think that it, you know, should, you know, speak to our season and our, you know, opportunity to play in the national tournament as well. And I know we're going up there for the NCHC, you know, tournament, but at the same time, you know, all every win counts for, for us right now to be able to position ourselves at the end of the season when when the NCHC is done in the national tournament. But, you know, we've, you know, my time here, I mean, it's been, uh, there have always been competitive games. I think the last, if you look over the last couple of years, like there's a lot of one-goal hockey games and it was uh, not a surprise this year. I mean, just the, you know, there was a couple games that were multiple you know, goal victories, but, you know, gap, but at the same time, it was, they were hard games and, you know, they've got, uh, they're well coached, they're good on the specialty teams and they've got a great goaltender and, you know, obviously in order to be successful against teams that are built like they are, you, you've got to make sure that you keep the game in front of you and you got to make sure that you're disciplined and uh, making sure that your competitive skill is coming through and, you know, and I think that's going to be something that's going to be very important for us this weekend to start off the tournament. Um, when you play in this league, and if you look at the, uh, for example, the all-conference teams, um, it we all know about playoff hockey and how it all comes down to the goaltender. Um, there are no, and I, I don't hate to use the word weak, but there are no soft spots in goal for any of these any of the teams in this league. Whether it's the first place team or the last place team, and yeah. and, and that has to be a, a situation when you're a coach where you're like, I just you know, and, and don't let the goalie beat us, or you know, we have to understand that. I mean, you have to re- remind guys that every goalie in this league is good, and don't let them get in your heads in a game. Um, I don't know. I think we do a pre-scout on, on each goaltender we're facing every weekend and just to kind of maybe look for some t- tendencies to give guys 
um, something to focus on, you know, like, hey, if we're going to be successful and score on this guy, you know, this is, you know, some maybe where our shots need to be. Or obviously traffic is, is always the key to scoring. And, and scoring's at a premium. Like, it's hard to score on any any goalie, any night, doesn't matter where you're playing. And, and I think, especially in playoffs, I mean, the intensity, you know, ratchets, ratchets up and guys, uh, you know, things just get a lot tighter. So, you know, the key to scoring and, and, and even and on any even good goaltenders is you got to be able to put pressure on them as far as, you know, getting pucks to the net. You've got to have bodies to the net. And you got to be inside players. Like, you can't play on the outside and think that you're going to score in the playoffs against goaltenders in this league. So, um, you know, and, and their goaltending has been real good against us, and, and which is not a surprise. But if we're going to have success and score goals, we've got to make sure that we're in attack mode and that we're making sure that we're, you know, ending our plays at the net. We're not turning down shots. But at the same time, making sure that we've got people in positions for second, third opportunities. So I think every coach will tell you the same thing. Like, you got to shoot the puck to score. you got to have bodies in front of the net to create chaos. And then at the end of the day, too, you gotta you got to have a touch to put it in the back of the net. And, you know, and I think that's just, you know, uh, it's not uh, a big secret on how to do it. But I think that at the end of the day and at this time of the season, it's about execution. So everyone will have their game plans. They've been going over it for the last several months and, score, and especially on the scoring side of things. And it's going to be the teams that ex- execute us the best that's going to keep moving on. Coach, I wanted to ask you uh, the difference now being a one-and-done tournament uh, for the first time ever in the NCHC, but uh, do you prepare differently, or has COVID made you prepare differently anyway so it's not that big a deal? No, I don't think it's – I mean, it is a little bit. I mean, just from a standpoint, like, you know, it's one and that's it. You don't get – you know, you're obviously when you get into a short series like best of three, the first game is always so important. But um, at the end of the day now, it's – you know, you've got to put your best foot forward. You don't get it. You don't get a, a redo, um, or maybe maybe the first game doesn't go well. You get a second chance to even the series. It's going to be sixty minutes, or or if overtime needed, to to move on. So I think it's exciting. It's it's got obviously a. Uh, it is the same format as the national tournament. You got to win to move on. And, um, it's short and it's sweet, but it's also, um, you know, the the stakes go that much higher, I believe, when it's only a one-game shot. And I don't think that, you know, people go into it like, oh, we got three games to win the series. But at the end of the day, you get in a three-game series, every game's, you know, kind of like a one-game shot. So you're always just trying to play for the game in the moment that you're in. Uh, Coach, you have a lot of young players in this situation for the first time. Even, uh, you have even some of the sophomores, because there was no tournament last year. Uh, is that something you have to kind of guard against? Maybe them getting ramped up too high to play? Yeah, emotional levels, I think, are important on any night, right? Like, you know, you want to, you know, you try and train and prepare yourself the same for every every team, every game, that you know, so that your emotional levels don't um, affect your performance level. And so, you know, it's something that we talk about game in and game out throughout the course of the season that, you know, it's really important to stay focused and, you know, manage your emotional levels because if you don't, uh, it's going to affect your performance and your focus. So uh, I think it'll be exciting for them. I think our, our young guys that have, you know, they've played in a lot of key situations for us this season. So I think as far as the responsibility i think they know um what they need to bring to the table in order for 
them to add value to our team's success. So I think there's an element there that it's not new to them as far as what they need to do. Um, but again, it's it's playoffs, and you know it's college playoffs for the first time for for several of them. So it will have a probably an excitement and a flair to them. But you know we hope that you know the preparation that they've done all season long is going to lead them into you know a good level going into the game, and that's going to allow them to perform at the, the highest level possible. Coach, I know you didn't get to finish off the last two games of the Gold Pan series, even though you won it um, with um, Colorado College. And I know it was probably kind of a sentimental thing, definitely for them, but maybe for you guys too, to get a chance to close out uh, the Broadmoor uh, with a game. Um, I just want to mention this to you. We had uh, Mr. Gutman on about a month ago, and uh, I thought he made a really good point. And I think you'll be proud as a coach to hear what he said. I asked him about the season and, and going into the national tournament and more importantly about the gold pan series. And he said, you know what? We look at the gold pan series uh, as something very important to us, but more importantly is it's our first opportunity to win a trophy this year. And I thought when he said it was the first opportunity to win a trophy, that was really telling about the mindset of your team. Uh, am I right? Yeah, I mean, I think it is like it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like your first round in the in the playoffs, like, it, and I'll just use the NHL playoffs from, the, um, you know, last year when they kind of went into their pods and, you know, finished out the playoffs is that, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to, to get into the playoffs, it's another thing to close the team out. Right. And then there's a skill set that's required for a team to be able to do that. Right. And you don't get you don't get distracted by things that don't don't matter. There, there's lots of emotionals, as we just spoke about, uh, emotional levels that, you know, need to stay intact in order to perform and get the job done. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great point by Cole. Cole's been a, a great player for us all season long and he's really developing um, into a real good leader for us as well. Uh, not only for what he does on the ice, but just his perspective that he's developing and, and sharing with the team. And, uh, you know, again, a really good point by him. And it is, it's an acquired skill and you got to learn how to win. And, uh, you know, it was an opportunity for our team to grow. And, you know, you look at every weekend as an opportunity to grow, but when you get into those rivalry weekends and you're playing for something that is more than just a W when you're playing for the gold pan and, you know, you're playing for your schools against your big rival, like, you know, there's, there's lots of things that, can derail your focus and as an individual and as a team. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he was bang on when he said that. Uh, I was watching those last two games against Colorado college. Did it, did it, and it felt a little bit to me like the team was taking out some frustrations for the, the earlier in the season and just, you know, you guys are normally in the 20 win range. Uh, am I misreading that at all? Or, uh, did you set you guys sense a little bit of that too? Um, I, I mean, as far as frustration, do you mean like penalties or what? Do you mean just no, 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 just mean? like just like it, not not penalties, but just like you guys poured it on Colorado College uh, for most of those two games. Um, yeah. Not and it, and it just, it just especially as you started to score and you got it the two goal lead and you got a three goal lead. It just felt that way from afar. I, I could be misreading it. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way as I did. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, we, it, for some reason that weekend, you know, it felt like pucks went in the net for us a lot easier than they have been most, most of the season because, you know, we felt like there was, you know, moments in, the, in those games that, you know, 
you know, they were taking it to us. And like the first period in the first game, you know, our goaltender, you know, our, you know, was for sure our best player both nights, you know, and, right. and, and, and it's kind of, it's, it was a kind of flip the script type of thing series for us because pucks went in the net for us and, um, you know, Magnus was our best player undeniably, right? And it's it's not to say that he hasn't been our best player this season, but at the same time, like, you know, we we have been giving up more goals than we normally do. And, you know, and so keeping pucks out of our net versus putting pucks in the net has kind of been a little bit of our challenge to be able to match it up on given nights. Like, there's nights where we would, we would put up a handful of goals, right? But then the next night we don't, we score one. You know, so our goal scoring, you know, to, to do it back-to-back weekends was great, a great feeling for our guys. Obviously, we would have liked to have been able to carry that, you know, scoring confidence into the next week, um, you know, but the situation didn't allow for that. But we hope that that, you know, we can kind of, you know, use that as an experience that, you know, again, do things the right way and pucks are going to go in the net. I mean, um, the law of averages was going to tell you that. And, you know, again, he was he was real good. He gave our team, team a chance to win and made some saves that, you know, you're supposed to make the ones, all the ones you're supposed to and a couple that you're not supposed to. And then you've done your job as the goaltender. And he definitely did that for us. So, you know, again, uh, you know, we, we were fortunate that we, we finally got scoring, consistent scoring on a weekend, and then obviously he was a real good backstop for us. Okay, me being a Minnesota native coach, uh, I would be remiss, and I, I can't walk away from from talking about Bobby Brink, and, and I have a two-parter regarding Bobby. Number one, uh, he earned his spot on the World Juniors. He comes back with gold. Um, did you see any changes from Bobby Brink, the player, before the World Juniors and after? Um, I think that, you know, we, we had him in the pod for, I think it was three games. And so that was the start of the season. And then we didn't see Bob for, you know, well over a month. So, um, so, so the the player, I did, it was hard for me to even remember him playing in those games because so so much time had passed, but, you know, I think certainly when you accomplish that, like he did as far as Team USA and winning a gold, I mean, it's going to make you feel pretty good about yourself. And he was a contributing player to that, to that medal. And, you know, I think he, he felt real good about that. I know he's, it's meant a lot to him to represent his country. Um, I think Bob is like, he, he's starting to, you know, he's a, he's an extremely talented player. Um, he's very, uh, puts you on your heels if you're if you're a defending player because of his deception and his ability to make plays through you around you. Um, so he's a dangerous player and he makes you hard. To, it's hard to defend. I think where you're starting to see Bob is that they started to you know as a freshman it's hard to do as a sophomore it's probably still hard to do. But I think he's starting to realize that hey. It, as, as our offense goes, you know, Bobby Brink's going, right? And so um, he's a big catalyst for us. He has been since he got here. Um, I think his game is, is elevating, as you spoke to, like after the World Juniors, I think with confidence. You know, he, you know he's, he's always been a guy that's been real comfortable having the puck on his stick and extending plays. And, and um, you know, but I think you're starting to see it at another level. Um, which is, you know, obviously great for his development. Um, you know, I personally still think, you know, Bob is an impact player now, but I think, you know, as he continues to go through his career here at Denver, he's going to, he's going to leave his mark on this program and, 
and in college hockey. And I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, you see it, you know, every day, you see it every week where he's just getting a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think now his game's maturing um, to a point where he's, you know, starting to, you know, some of the stuff that maybe wasn't a focus for him is starting to become more of a focus because he understands that's important for him to develop and for our team to win. So I, I guess the one thing I would say is just, I just see more leadership qualities coming out in Bob. And I think just with his experience alone, you know, that, you know, is a very welcoming thing to us too because he's, you know, he won a gold medal and he's, he's been in the World Juniors twice. So it's a great experience. And the memories and the experience that he's had there certainly can, um, you know, he can share that with our group and, and only make us better. Okay. My quick follow-up to that is I played golf against his dad, Andy, uh, way back <laughs> in northern Minnesota. And he Bobby hasn't lured you out on the golf course yet, has he? <laughs> no, but I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. That that yeah, that definitely comes up. By far, the most knowledgeable person in hockey trivia from all decades. Um, it's actually really impressive. We we often uh, get you know with him and our staff, we kind of throw every once in a while someone will throw out like, okay, who you know what was the name of this line or who scored the most hat tricks in their career, or, you know stuff like that. And he's he's very. Uh, very quick-witted with that. He's a great hockey guy. <laughs> uh, Coach, just really quickly, I, I, I know we're limited on time here, um, just because I, I, we all understand economics, etc. cetera. Um, you spent a lot of time uh, being involved with hockey in Alaska. Uh, can you just give us you know, like two minutes on, uh, on, on what that hockey community is like up there? Because we don't usually talk to too many people who've dealt with the the hockey community in Alaska. Yeah, for sure. Like it's a, it's it's a large state by by landmass, but it's not a large state by population and um, communities, right? Like it's people are pretty pretty knowledgeable about what's going on, regardless of the topic. But um, the topic of the hockey up there is very popular, and you know UAA and UAF, um, you know, kind of are intertwined. I mean, with you know, there's a rivalry there, but there's also you know, for, you know, the last, the better part of, I think it's probably three decades now, they, they've been kind of in college hockey, different conferences, same conferences, um, impacting a lot of people in the state of Alaska. And um, I, you know, obviously I, didn't, I played at UAF and I coached at UAF and, um, you know, it's an amazing place to play college hockey. I think it's a, it's a unique experience. Um, I would say it's not for every kid. And that's okay. Not every school is for every kid, but um, the, the players that I was fortunate enough to coach up there and and be a, and teams that I've been a part of there, I mean, they they really form a really unique bond. I think just the the, the fact that people are making that commitment to do something different, um, and, but recognize the value of the experience. They recognize that it's a, a very hockey passionate, um, not only campus community but also communities um, that the cities are in. So I think it makes for a great experience, and and I, I loved it there. Like I I loved playing there, I loved coaching there, I loved living there. Um, I'm a small town kid from Western Canada that you know I never even seen the place. And Coach Gutierrez <laughs> called me in June, and kind of the last minute he must have lost somebody else. And <laughs> plan, but he uh, called me and just said, "Hey, would you like to come up?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And when I came out of my room, my parents were like, "Oh, what did he want?" He said, "He 
they want me to go to school there next year. And you know, they were like, what'd you say? And I said, sure. And, you know, I, I probably the only time that I might have regretted it was when I was flying in uh, on my very first trip my freshman year in September um, because I was like, I'm from the prairies. There's hardly any trees. And I was flying in and all I could see were trees and mountains. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? And, uh, but from that minute forward, when Coach Flory picked me up to, you know, when I left, you know, three three years ago four years ago um it was a, just a wonderful experience and we have lots of friends up there lots of old teammates lots of people that we've met and made really really long-lasting relationships with them so um i think they're doing what they can right now to I know uaa is in a different spot than uaf right now we're hoping that uh you know they can continue to get the support they're getting which has been which has been really impressive um to be able to get their program back on track and provide college hockey and Anchorage and at UAF, you know, obviously going into their first season will be as an independent and, uh, you know, coach Largen is working real hard to get a good schedule put together for not only for his program, but for the, you know, for the community. So when teams are coming up, cause it is a big part of the community where kid, people can get out and watch and, and see real good hockey, real talented people. And, and they also get to, you know, watch these guys play hockey, but they give so much back to the community with community service and, you know, the things that they're doing. So it's a, it's a real family like experience up there. And, um, you know, I, I have nothing but great things to say about, you know, even though I'm not a big UAA fan because of the rivalry, <laughs> but I, I certainly want the best for them. And, uh, I know a lot of guys. I actually played with the Anchor Jaces for three years, and a lot of UAA um, alumni I played with there. Uh, real good people, stayed in the community because they came up to go to school and play hockey at UAA, and they're still there giving back to their communities. And um, there's there's countless stories of people that have been associated with the athletic programs up there that you know have stayed and given back to the communities, whether it's their time whether it's their businesses they own or you know everything in between so um again great experience in alaska for me and um i have a lot of confidence that you know both programs will continue uh with their strong history and, and enrichment of the community and the states that they live in okay coach i got one quick follow-up to that and then one last one for you to kind of speak to the denver faithful and tell them what they can expect from you guys but the follow-up to to the alaska one is how excited and how thrilled were you to uh find out that the seattle kraken really want to help out alaska hockey yeah i mean i think it's a you know I think when a when a professional sports team moves into a new market, I think they're always looking to um, show a good faith of community partnership. So um, it's funny that you know in Alaska, a lot of people, you know, if they affiliate themselves with a with an NFL team, they do it with the Seattle Seahawks, right? Sure, yeah. And I I see this being you know a real similar thing. Like it's a you know I guess with the exception of the Vancouver Canucks, most it's it'll be the closest NHL team. So there's going to be lots of young kids growing up. Um, making a you know weekend trip to Seattle to go watch some hockey, you know, and they're gonna watch the Kraken, and so I mean it's a, it's awesome that they you know did what they did and have showed support for UAA and college hockey in Alaska, and I you know I see I see the connection because I lived up there, you know what that part of the you know the Northwest is and how it's connected to Alaska, so um, good for them for doing the right thing and and supporting college hockey. I mean I think there's always been a uh, I don't. Know, I don't. I think it's always been a dream. Um, I'm thinking that it's probably less of a dream now and becoming closer to a reality that hockey will, um, college hockey will be played on the West Coast. 
um, sooner than later now. Um, and I'm not saying that next year teams are <laughs> going to start popping up there, but with, with NHL teams entering a non-traditional hockey markets, um, typically tends to grow the hockey at the grassroots and then eventually you know it, it starts to trickle up and you look at asu the coyotes were there for a long time and they had club hockey and then all of a sudden now you know they're becoming you know a very very good, good college hockey program and um and you, you're going to see that i think it's just inevitable so it's a, it's good for you know it's good for you know the Alaskans to have an NHL team maybe if they want but i think it's also going to be real positive for college hockey on the west coast well, we know there's plenty of players to uh, to fill those college lockers, so uh, we're with you on that part of it. I'm going to give you the last one here, and I know I kept you a little longer than I told you, but uh, it's important for you, I think, to tell uh, the Denver faithful that might be listening or will listen on the uh, download, uh, just what can they expect from Denver Pioneers in the Frozen Faceoff? Because I think I know what I'm going to see when I get there, but you tell us what they can expect. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think that you know, we're a team that – you know, when we're pressuring pucks and we're limiting teams' time and space in all three zones, um, we, we end up with the puck a lot more than we than we don't have it. And I think when we have the puck, we attack and um, we generate and um, based off of our attack game. And I think that we create scoring chances. I think that, you know, again, if we're, if we're competitive and eliminating time and space in all three zones, um, pucks are going to be on our stick. And like you spoke to on the Colorado College Series, like I think that, you know, when pucks are on our sticks, we, we, we have guys that can score. We have people that can generate scoring chances. So at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to do the work first, which is, you know, when you don't have the puck and then when you get the puck, then, you know, the fun begins. So it's a little bit of our mantra, right? Defend hard and, and smart and, and you'll have the puck a lot more and you'll get to play on the offensive side of things, which every player wants to do. So uh, we're looking forward to representing school and going in there and putting our best foot forward and, uh, you know, taking it game by game. Coach, thanks so much for your time. I know you got a lot of things to do to get uh, to get ready for the uh, the upcoming trip, and let's hope you guys get up there safely and and COVID free, and more importantly, avoid that snow that's coming this way. I'm going to try to get out of here as quick as I can. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I was just driving down to my daughter's softball practice um, tonight, and I see on the highway, I'm like severe weather uh, winter storm coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday and I'm like oh man my wife's going to be shoveling snow while I'm gone again. So, uh, but yeah, everyone travels safely and gets up there and we have a great event well just stay Thanks, put coach. stay put there coach until like uh, Wednesday or something and uh, take home that trophy and that automatic bid in the NCAA tournament yeah there you go alright guys thanks for having me thank you Absolutely, Coach. That's uh, Coach Dallas Ferguson, the assistant coach with the Denver Pioneers, uh, joining us tonight. Uh, Paul and I will be right back in just a couple of minutes to uh, talk a little more college hockey for you. And and uh, right here from Fort Collins, Colorado, it's actually the uh, the Colorado Week, I think I'm calling it officially. So we'll be right back. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season.
if you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burrito served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, Mexican Moonshine Tequila. Scott Strandy still with you in Fort Collins, Colorado. I believe my co-host is back with me on Long Island, New York. Paul, uh, are you there? Uh, maybe. See, maybe. See what I mean? Maybe. Who knows? Back on. The question oh. is, are oh, you? Oh, there he is. Hello. Hello. And the question is, are you there? I, I'm talking to somebody and nobody is answering me. Okay. As I always. Wow. As that, I, that's, isn't that always <laughs> normally the case? So I don't know why that would be any different now. Uh, okay. So anyway, um, as I always do after we have a guest on, and Dallas Ferguson was fantastic. I know uh, we went long again, but that's going to happen when you got to talk about Bobby the Blur Brink. Uh, anyway. No, no, no. <laughs> No. Uh, maybe we should start scheduling these interviews for 10 minutes long. This way, when we actually do 20, when you say 20 minutes, it inevitably. Well, you know. I, I, in all but fairness, thanks, coach, anyway, we appreciate it. Yeah. In all fairness, I told him 20 to 25 minutes to talk hockey, but I think he enjoyed, uh, I, if I can tell, uh, 
by by him uh, and his conversation. He enjoyed the conversation as well. And uh, a wealth of knowledge, not only at Denver, but Alaska, a great point that you brought up to get him to talk about that. I was hoping that was going to come up. And, uh, and more importantly, I'm so excited to watch this frozen face-off right now, not only to see Colorado College and, of course, the number one team ranked uh, number one ranked team, North Dakota, but I really think Denver is going to make some noise. I just think they, they've had a season full of frustration. There's too much talent on that roster, including their goaltenders, uh, for them not to make some noise and not to take anything away from Omaha or any other team out there. Uh, I just think that they are a team that is uh, scary good. They have a track record of doing it in the frozen face-off. So what say you? Well, that's it, right? I mean – this year has been, uh, b- besides all the other th- reasons, it's been an anomaly. Uh, Denver being on the outside looking in right now is definitely an anomaly uh, in terms of, you know, the fact that they they you know they they're not anywhere near twenty wins, which they've done for like twenty years in a row, uh, and you know just to get to five hundred. They have to win the they have to win the conference tournament anyway, so um, they're they're going to be a dangerous team because they are loaded, um, and you know it's one weekend, three games, it's one weekend, or four days or five days, whatever the heck it is, three games, um, and you know going in that this team is that scary good. Or, or, you know, to, to sit there and be like, uh, yeah, they're struggling this year, so this is our chance. No, you better not. And I doubt that Omaha is, and I doubt that anybody else who Denver plays is, is, is going to take them lightly despite the record. So, I mean, but, you know, this is what happens, right? Kids, well, not really kids anymore, right? They're, they're in their early 20s, most of these yeah. guys. Um, Unless you're Johnny Walker, he's 55 starting next season. Well, apparently he is, yeah. Um, and that, so, that leads go, – go ahead and finish it up and then lead us into that press conference with Coach Powers. Well, I'm just saying, you know, this, the, if there's one of the four teams that are definitely on the outside looking in in this conference, that it would not surprise you if they made a run, it's Denver, right? I mean, Western Michigan can get hot. Uh, Colorado College and, and Miami have good goaltending, so they can get hot. But uh, it, it's not an, an insane thought to think that Denver could still win this thing despite the up and down year that they've had. Yeah, well said. Uh, okay, so Coach Powers had his uh, season-ending presser today, I assume. He did. Uh, I was not able to attend it, but you were uh, via um, the Skype so or yep. Zoom or Zoom. whatever you do. Uh, okay, so tell us what happened. Is anything new and exciting happening in the Sun Devil land? Well, um, you know, it's going to be, and 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 this was part of, uh, of the conversation. This is, you know, we talked about it on Sunday. This is going to be an insane year or an insane offseason college hockey. I mean, the coach has, the coach basically said it's going to be crazy because even if they don't institute for 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 good a one time transfer without penalty rule that they're most likely going to do that for this summer. So between that and the grad transfers and the, and the transfer portal, uh, 
which, by the way, uh, apparently Evan DeBrower is in. And, you know, he wants to he wants to play. I get it. Um, but Cole Brady took this net at the end of the season and made it his. So that is what that is. Um, most we, we already know that at this point, the other names that are leaving and staying. Right. Willie Neerham is staying. Uh, Johnny Walker is staying. Sean Doogie is staying. Uh, Jacob Wilson is staying. We know ASU has four definitive freshmen coming in, and I think those guys are going to play a lot next year. So there's going to be a lot of competition for roster spots. Um, He said that the foundation, because I asked him about the building, the foundation for the building is already laid, and they are starting to work their way up. Um, they will shortly, according yeah, to the coach. That's good news. That's that great. Good news. That's awesome. Um, the, the coach said that they will be in a short period of time once they kind of get the uh, the details of, or they get the particulars right. They will release uh, what it's supposed to look like from the inside. But they don't just want to show black and white pictures. The coach said he goes, "We, you know, we if if the seat if a hundred seats are going to be maroon, we want to show maroon seats." If just as an example, so yeah, they're going to that that makes total sense. I mean, yeah, so. uh, same thing going on in Colorado College. They're going to open theirs this fall, right. uh, and, and it's an exciting spot. I just went by there the other day, and man. Uh, I can't tell you how good of an environment that's going to be right on campus, just like ASU's is going to be when it's right yeah, and, on campus. And, and Coach it, said it's they a are at for the university. Yeah, well, that's good news also. So, I mean. Okay, so uh, you you got after me the other night because I was patting myself on the back. Well, I patted myself on the back again, and um, one more time, and I'm going to stop. This is going to be the last no, you're one. you're not. Yeah, this is going to be the last one no, on, this, on this topic. Okay. Okay. You're not going to stop, but okay. Please, coach, if you're listening to me at all, please, coach. He's not. Stay away from the Big Ten. Go to another conference. It is going to be a nightmare for 10, 15, 20 years, maybe longer, uh, because they, they may say they want Arizona State in the conference, but when you see the way that they jack up to play Arizona State, they do not want Arizona State to beat any of their teams ever. Um, and that goes from officiating to everybody. So so as, as much as that's going on, please, just go NCHC, make it close rivalries here, uh, make it the Conference of Champions, do what you have to do because I'm really tired of this bias, and I grew up in Minnesota, so I'm allowed to say it. Uh, there is a huge amount of bias uh, from the, the Big Ten schools against Arizona State, and they'll put on a good front, but, um, and this is my last soapbox on this one. They, it won't be. They, they jacked them around uh, all year. They they gave them special special rules to play by. You can't have a an overtime. What in the world does that hurt? And secondly is there should have been a way to get them in the conference tournament for even for one year. Um, that If you're going to make them go on the road and play all your teams, uh, that, and then thirdly, like I said Sunday night, if you think that any one of those Big Ten schools are coming to Arizona to play a hockey game before that new building, you are solely wrong. I said that Sunday night. What did you hear today, Paul? Well, 
coach was asked that question, if they, any of those teams were coming out in the next upcoming season. He said, no, we'll wait till they, nope. we get the new building. Some more tickets. <laughs> I mean, so that, that, that's not, that's, that's comments. That's economic sense. I mean, that just. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's economic um, sense, but it's, but it's also a little bit of a, we're not going to that building from the big 10. Uh, well, they're not the okay. only schools that. Oh, hold on. That, so hold on. Boston University came. Um, I didn't Minnesota. say every school was. Yeah. I said they're not the only ones. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But there's a huge amount of bias um, there, and we see it in officiating. We see how how they're officiated. We see how they like. I already said they weren't able to have uh, tie breaking shootouts. Why? Why would they not be able to have tie breaking shootouts? What did it matter? Anyway, that's a good question. And, and secondly, uh, we, we is do. why were they not invited to the conference tournament when you got seven teams and you needed an eighth to make it a fair um, thing instead of a play-in game? Why did you not have that eighth team in? You made them play you four times in your building. Are you that scared of them? Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. Okay. Um, they are scheduled at this point to have 18 home games next year which will be the first time they have more home games really than road games in the season. Really good news. Okay. Uh, he also said it might be jacked up to 20 home games. That's even better. So we'll see. Um, so that's, uh, you know, and you can infer what you want. Uh, he definitely thinks that this is going to be a crazy, crazy off season. Because we did ask him about that uh, in terms of uh, roster management and transfer portals. And if they institute the one-year free transfer, even if it's just for this year, which he thinks is probably going to happen, um, then you got to start dealing with scholarships and and, and how you're, you're, you're playing around with that. I mean, we know, obviously, James Sanchez is gone and, and, and Dom Garcia is going to be an assistant coach next year. So uh, they've got room uh, and scholarship room, as the coach said. Uh, if the situation calls for it, um, they'll, you know, we know the four recruits that are definitely coming in, whether they have any more that come in as freshmen or people transfer in, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. But I think you're going to see a crazy amount. And the coach agreed with me because we brought this up on Sunday that it is going to be a crazy year, especially when you add to the fact that uh, you have a new team coming in in St. Thomas. Um, You have LIU, uh, LIU, which I'm sure hasn't used up all their scholarship spots yet. And I'm sure they'll have some teams. I haven't seen the rock. I didn't study the roster. But uh, Coach did say St. Thomas will be visiting Tempe. We already know they're playing a couple Ooh, of games against Fairbanks. a Minnesota Fairbanks. school that's coming to Arizona that's not in the Big Ten. Woo! Well, didn't uh, Minnesota State come out of the Desert Classic? Yeah, but that wasn't in the uh, ocean side. Well, so what? They still, you know, it's fine. Well, um, so did UMD. They yeah. came. And right. they were uh, ranked number one probably at the time, if I remember correctly. Aren't they always ranked number one? I'm confused. Yeah. Um, uh, so those were interesting little tidbits. And um, 
you know, and, and I did ask in my own inimitable style and got a big, uh, not cheesy, but a big, uh, smile on the coach when I asked about future scheduling. <laughs> yeah. He knew what was coming. Oh, he knew what I was asking. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, he did, like I said, he did have a big smile on his face and deftly, avoided answering the question <laughs> by answering the question with things like we have 20 home games or 18 home games next right. year and so forth <laughs> and so on. And I get it. Listen, uh, he knows the question has to be asked and uh, I know that he's going to avoid the answer. <laughs> Paul, he did that to me for four years on the building. <laughs> he knew I was going to ask him every time we sat down for a five minute powers play Tell me about the building, Coach. Where are we stand on it? <laughs> well, we got those answers today. I know. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Let me wrap things up by uh, giving the schedule for the uh, Frozen Faceoff one more time. Uh, Friday, 2.37, the afternoon game, Central Time. And don't forget the clock change on Sunday, too. So that, that'll be I know for the uh, semifinals in the – Finals, but a Colorado College against a number seven ranked Colorado College against St. Cloud State. And then the second game, the nightcap, if you will, number eight Miami against number one North Dakota. Um, Friday, another exciting set of games. Uh, 2.37 in the afternoon, Denver, Omaha, as we talked about uh, earlier. Uh, Western Michigan, number six ranked against number three ranked Minnesota Duluth. And these are NC double, or these are uh, frozen face off rankings folks so don't don't start texting me and say oh somebody else okay i know it there this is how they're paired up in the frozen face off and then uh the semifinals will be monday there'll be a sunday off which will be just perfect because that'll give us great time to talk to eddie christian on our show paul and uh right. and see if he knows anything about north dakota hockey <laughs> Eddie, I, I, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. Talk to you. Talk to you Sunday night. Uh, uh, Monday will be the semifinals uh, again. Um, they're either going to be 3:06 or 8:06. They will be on CBS Sports Network. I should say the uh, opening round will be on nchc.tv. Right. So uh, subscribe now and get your spot on for that. Uh, so three o'clock, eight o'clock, roughly on Monday, they'll play the semifinals. And then one big old championship game at 7.37 p.m. Central Time, March 16th, Tuesday. By Tuesday night after our show, Paul, um, we'll pretty much know who's going to be the uh, the champion. Yeah, we'll see. I said after our show. We'll see. Yeah, well, probably <laughs> after. Um, the, they see, set it just, up on purpose so it would be something coming out like on Wednesday when our show <laughs> ends on Tuesday. Um. I, I assume, by the way, just because of the location that uh, our guest on Sunday night is uh, part of the family I think he's part of. Yeah, if you're talking about the Christian family, his dad is Billy Christian from the 1960 gold medal team. Okay, so I just want to double check because yeah. I bought some of his sticks. I mean, when I was yeah, a kid, it was either Cohoes or Christians. I mean, they were wood, but they were still sticks. Um, okay. And quick, quickly, checking. let me tell you about that, because here's the inside track to that. When you used to be able to go to World, you could take a tour of the Christian Brothers Hockey Stick Factory. And what you could see way back when, this is in the 70s and 80s, uh, you could see the different curves of all the different players. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, mold, the molds were there with their curves on it. That was the most fascinating part of it. I know you would have just been going like, hey, there would. But these were <laughs> these are the fantastic curves of all the greatest players uh, that use Christian sticks. All right, let's go. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for Business that America has been waiting for. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood Ice Time Hockey SW sent you, and let him show you the Bell Ford difference online at bellford.com or the showroom at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates, fall, winter, it doesn't matter. Keep those drinks cold. Personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the mask at its three Valley locations in line on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at behindthemask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Buy Burrito Express, our homemade recipes to your table. Great taste, great value. M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans for ASU fans. And by the NCHC. Every game in the pod, on the road, or at home, nchc.tv has you covered. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio and TuneIn apps. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Woo! Well done. And I will tell you, folks, uh, Colorado Week wraps up tomorrow. Um, they're predicting rain and snow here on the front side of the Rockies. Um, I'm going to be watching the uh, Colorado Avalanche and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I'm going to go to Morning Skate. Then I'm going to hang around Boulder, Colorado, and check out the uh, uh, Colorado Buffs. And then I'm going to uh, go back for a hockey game, an NHL hockey game, which will be the first NHL hockey game I've been able to sit in on due to COVID this year. So uh, that's what's happening. A big thank you to uh, Denver University, or uh, there I did it, University of Denver assistant coach, Dallas Ferguson for joining us, the Denver Pioneers. Uh, great visit with him. So um, if you want to download this, tell your friends about it. Uh, it'll be available for download tomorrow. And uh, Paul Hornstein, thanks for uh, sitting in three straight shows. Yeah, not a problem. It's, it's it, you know, I get paid by the show, so. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.